This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Polish culture and traditions on Polish Waves. Between the Waters, Polish Legacy in New Zealand Charitable Trust presents you with the radio broadcast, Polish Waves. from Poland. My name is Kuba. And my name is Amelia. And you are listening to Polish Waves on Plains FM. In today's broadcast, we will talk about winter sports. And we will share with you some interesting Polish heritage facts from Taranaki, New Zealand. We will talk about the importance of mother language. As the International Mother Language Day falls this month on February 21st. We represent Between the Waters, Polish legacy in New Zealand Trust. We advocate and promote Polish heritage as part of New Zealand ethnic identity and provide forum to present, share and celebrate Polish traditions, history, culture and more. You can look us up on Facebook, Between the Waters, Polish legacy in New Zealand Welcome to our February broadcast. Welcome, Dorota. How are you? Good, thank you. What an exciting time. It is, sure is. And we are in February. And this month, uh, our eyes, or um, sometimes, are in Beijing because of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. So we thought that we will share with you some interesting facts about Polish winter sports and winter sports, sports in general. And here's Tom with some facts, history, and some achievements. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Dorota, for the exciting times. Olympic Games in China, in Beijing, uh, medals and a bit of Polish flavor in it. So we are proud and happy to share that with our listeners. And to start with, uh, a bit of uh, uh, facts, historical facts and, and, uh, and numbers. A predecessor of Olympic Games were the Nordic Games, which were organized in Stockholm, Sweden, in 1901. The modern uh, Winter Olympic Games were first organized in 1924 and were held in Chamonix in France. In comparison, the Summer Olympic Games started in 1896, so obviously the modern world had to wait number of years before they could compete in the, in the winter sports. So, uh, with the first Olympic Games, only li- li- limited number of sports were performed. So there was a bobsled, um, curling, ice hockey, skiing, and skating. But uh, let's go back to to to, do the, to modern Olympic Games to. Olympic Games, which are currently taking place in China. So the 24th Olympic Winter Games were officially opened on 4th of February, and only two days later, on Waitangi Day, on 6th of February, New Zealander Zoe Sadowski um, Synod, who is of Polish and Irish descent, won the first ever gold medal for New Zealand, in women's snowboard slop style. What a fantastic news. Very good. Excellent. Especially on Waitangi Day, it was. It I was Waitangi Day. Yes, so. Um, that was the first Olympic, uh, Winter Olympic medal, and it was gold as well. And yes. she was, she's of Polish descent as well. So yes, and how she, about that? <laughs> that's fantastic. And uh, she's from. Uh, from um, Wanaka? Wanaka. Yes, she's from Wanaka. And she is, um, so she will be probably the most popular Pole in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, she's of Polish descent. Polish descent. And we're hoping one day to, um, to uh, have interview with her, if possible. So what about Poles? Um, what about us, Polish people taking part um, in Olymp- Winter Olympic Games? Poles are one of 12 countries which took, pla- who took place um, in first Olympic Games in 1924, and they continuously are taking uh, part in Olympic Games until modern days, until this year in, in Beijing. However, we had to wait um, another 32 years before Paul, Paul won the first medal during Olympic Games, and that was in 1956 in Alpine skiing. But the most famous Polish medalist in, um, in uh, modern Olympic, uh, Winter Olympic Games was the, uh, was the ski jumper, and his name was Wojciech Fortuna. I remember. Yes. yes. That was in 1972. In Munich, I believe, wasn't it? In Sapporo. In Sapporo, yes. In Sapporo, but that's fine. Uh, I would like to share my uh, my personal experience with that because um, I was twelve at the time, and 
Um, and Wojciech Fortuna was 18. He only got selected on Thursday. Uh, and on Monday morning, he was already competing in Japan. It was very last moment entry. He was underdog. No one expected him to, to win anything. And suddenly, the Poland woke up in the, mo- in the morning with the news that uh, we have a gold medalist, uh, first uh, gold medalist ever during in the Olympic Games. Uh, I remember one name, Japanese name, Yuko Kasaya. He was the undisputed uh, champion during those Olympics. And uh, unfortunately, had to give the first place to, to Wojciech Fortuna. Mm. So it was wonderful news. Uh, uh, Poland was excited, proud. Uh, so it was our part. And uh, I hope that we all in New Zealand are as excited um, about Zoe's uh, gold medal as we were in Poland in, in 1972. Mm. It was a fantastic time. Um, uh, then, then, uh, and, 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 and now, yes, the, and, the nations must have been very proud, and, and so is New Zealand now, I guess. Yeah, and look, um, talking about New Zealand's participation in Winter Olympic Games, the first time in uh, 1952, uh, and only missed out on um, games in 1956 in 1964. Otherwise, uh, New Zealand uh, have participated in all uh, Winter Olympic Games. Mm. And Zoe Sadowski won the first medal and first gold medal during Olympic Games for New Zealand. So it's very significant. Yeah, well done. Well done. So congratulations to Zoe. Congratulations to our New Zealand team. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not end of uh, games, so we're still waiting. The game is on, the game is on, and we are still waiting for more medals from both New Zealand and Poland. That's right. We also have to mention that Poland has got um, a medal, a Winter Olympic medal, also on the 6th of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was for David Kubacki, who... Won the bronze medal in ski jumping. In ski jumping, yes. Congratulations to David Kubacki. So, one all. <laughs> <laughs> one all. Gold, gold medal for Zoe uh, for New Zealand and uh, bronze medal for Poland. And there is more to come because Winter Olympics is still on. And um, just a little bit of uh, interesting, perhaps, statistics. Um, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand team uh, at Winter Olympics in Beijing consists of 15 athletes. There's nine men and six women, and they compete in five different sports. Mm-hmm. In comparison, Poland, um, Poland is represented by uh, 57 total of, uh, of um, athletes, and uh, we are competing in 15 different, um, different sports. So um, We're looking forward to great results. Yes, of course, as usual. And we, um, in general, Poles are very good in, in uh, ski, ski, uh, jumping. ski jumping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poles ski. are the powerhouse, uh, powerhouse in ski jumping. Mm. Um, so we're looking forward to uh, next comp- upcoming competitions. Also, speed skating, speed skating, and yes. uh, cross country uh, skiing. So there's a few opportunities for poles, short tracks. So, so I like figure skating. Figure although stand. we, I don't think we have a couple for figure skating, but it was always so interesting to watch, especially the Russian couples, and yes. um, uh, they they were always always dancing to such a with such a 
grace, and, grace and perfection. And, uh, but mind you, most of them, it's just it's just interesting to watch. I think yeah. figure skating. So I'm figure looking skating forward was to extremely uh, popular in Poland uh, our days, mm. and I'm pretty sure that it still is. Still is. So I'm looking forward to watching a bit of figure skating. So. Um, so here we are, a little bit of facts, a little bit of exciting news about Winter Olympics in general and Winter Olympics in Beijing as they, uh, as they continue. And uh, we are wishing all athletes, New Zealand, Kiwis, Poles and others, all the very best. And all the sack full of gold medals. Correct. Thank you. Thank you.
There is a couple of anniversaries that we celebrate worldwide in February, and one of them is um, February 21st, when we celebrate and com- uh, celebrate International Mother Language Day. Um, this day is um, celebrated uh, across the world to promote linguistic and cultural diversity and multilingualism around the world. So on this topic, here is Sylvia and her team. International Mother Language Day is celebrated every year. And the purpose of this day is to raise awareness of language, cultural diversity and multilingualism around the world. The history of International Mother Language Day, the reason why it is celebrated and it's uh, on the 21st of February, is that that in 1952, four young students were killed in Bangladesh during a protest because of the Bengali and Urdu language controversy. After this unfortunate incident and many years of unrest, the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, decided to make International Mother Language Day an annual event celebrated around the world. On November 17, 1999, UNESCO proclaimed February 21st to be International Mother Language Day. It was first observed on February 21st, 2000. Uh, Why is this very important? Why we actually have that day? Through globalization, many languages are under a threat of disappearing altogether but they are crucial aspect of preserving cultures around the world. At least 43% of the world's estimated 6,000 spoken languages are endangered. Every two weeks, a language completely disappears and the culture and intellectual heritage is gone with it. 40% of the people in the world don't have access to education in a language that they speak and understand. Therefore, celebrating International Mother Language Day is important because it ensures that these languages are not forgotten, as well as keeping the culture, heritage and history of countries intact. People should be proud of their mother language and want to have to drive to learn more. Today with us, we have Emilia and Kuba. They both of Polish heritage and they both speak Polish and they've learned Polish. So I can ask them what do they think about learning Polish and why or if it is important for them to learn the mother language. So Emilia, what do you think? How did you learn Polish? Well, I learned Polish from my parents because I was born in Poland. Well, my parents and my family, I guess, because I was born in Poland, so I was surrounded by it. But, um, yeah, because I was only three years old when I moved to New Zealand, um, it kind of became a little bit, I guess, trickier because the only Polish-speaking people that I was surrounded by was my parents and then the rest of the, my wrist, the rest of my environment was English-speaking. But I guess, yeah, it was just from talking at home to my parents all the time. Um, and sister and as well? Yeah, yeah. sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say so. 
Okay, so Kuba, it was a little bit different for you because you were born here in New Zealand and you still can communicate in Polish and then you know Polish and you understand Polish. So how did you learn? Uh, yeah, so that's correct. Yeah, so I was born in New Zealand um, with both my parents being Polish. Um, so yeah, I learned Polish by, I guess, being surrounded by it, um, as Emilia said. Um, and I learned Polish, I guess, by, by hearing it and just by speaking it, essentially. Um, yeah, and so we communicated in our family um, in Polish at home um, with our sisters, with my sisters as well. Um, and I think it's important um, because, um, I guess, keeping the heritage, keeping the Polish heritage and keeping the mother language um, in case we do visit um, family back in home, back, mm -hmm. ho back, back in Poland, that we do understand and we can actually communicate to, to our grandmothers, to our uncles, to our cousins, um, and that we can actually, yeah, we can talk and have, have dinner together or, 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 or share a meal together. Yeah, and I feel like in the sense of like learning a Polish language, it wasn't really a choice. I think our parents kind of not forced it on us. I think they taught it to us in having that in mind, that they wanted us to communicate with our family in Poland here. Yeah, I think they definitely saw the value of of keeping that language and they knew that it would be important for us one day and um, they definitely mm. wanted to, to, I guess, yeah, to make sure that we do also know Polish. Yeah, because now I think it's kind of more, uh, more people actually speak English. So even in Poland, you can communicate communicate in English, mm. but I think still the, the older generation, yeah, like your grandparents or even, you know, uncles and and um, other cousins, they may not know um, English and it's really good, I think, to have the conversations with them. So how did you make, how, how did you feel when you went, when you visit Poland and you actually could go to shops and just, you know, buy something and mm -hmm. ask for something? Did you make, like, was it, was it easy or did you feel a little bit kind of anxious speaking in Polish in Poland? Yeah, I was definitely anxious. I hate speaking in Polish when I'm in Poland because, well, yeah. Why? Why do you hate it? I guess because like even though it is my first language, it's not my strongest language. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes, I feel like in Poland people speak really fast. And sometimes mm, it's yeah. hard to really like understand what's, what they're saying. And, like, obviously you don't want to say something wrong because it's just, like, embarrassing. I don't know. Like, to me, it was, yeah, it just makes me anxious. So, welcome into my world. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Um, I, guess, I guess it also comes into the part that even though it is your heritage language and it's your mother language, but you do have an accent. So yeah. even though you do speak Polish to another Polish-speaking person, they might ask you, oh, well, where are you from? They might yeah. have this confused look like, hey... You do speak Polish, yes, I understand you, but you've got an accent, and then they'll ask you those comments, they'll you know the further questions yeah. of where you're from, are you here on holiday, and so, so I guess that's kind of, um, yeah, there is that kind of uh, difficulty, or maybe kind of not maybe not difficulty, but I guess yeah, that kind mm. of. Well, yeah, because I guess like yeah. you're proud to um, you like want to be proud to be able to speak another language, and I feel like yeah, I want to be proud that that I can speak Polish, and then if it doesn't really come across as, like, I speak it well, it can be mm. kind of, not damaging, but it can kind of, like, be a bit sad in the sense that, you know, it is important to me, and, and the fact that I can't really, like, speak it as well as I wish I could, mm. it, yeah, it can just be a little bit sad, I guess. 
Mm. But um but I think the most important part of it is that you are trying yeah. and you really are yeah. willing to learn. So you are open to learning it. So you f- you see the importance of it. Maybe, you know, at first it was forced on you by your parents, <laughs> <laughs> but I think now you can thank them because yeah, when you go to sure. Poland, you actually can watch movies in Polish mm. and you can communicate with people that they cannot speak English, yeah. even with this globalization and almost prob- probably every second person can speak English, but it's still actually really good to communicate yeah. in other languages and do you know any other benefits of learning second language or learning other languages well people think you're cool like <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing to have like people think it's really an interesting thing like whenever i tell people oh like oh yeah i speak polish they're like whoa really <laughs> um yeah so like even my friends are just like you sound so cool and yeah, you're like yeah i know yeah <laughs> And with Polish language, it comes also the other things like a culture. So yeah. the different traditions that we have at, at at houses and homes. And and it's just, just I think, make us unique mm. in another way. And, and this is why, for example, I think that the, the, the International Mother Language Day is very important because it's actually keeping this identity for every person but also diversity of each person so it's kind of like you know um i don't know it's just it's really interesting and enriching everyone as well because Mm. we're bringing something else to yeah i think it helps people to become more open-minded i think it's like like open-minded to just different foods and like just different ways of doing certain things um yeah so what would be a uh, word or the maybe sentence, short sentence that you would like to teach Ooh. our listeners uh, in Polish. Just um, think. I'm just trying to think what's like useful to know. Yes, what is what is really useful to know? Um, maybe something like. Nie dziękuję. Is is no thank you. No, so if someone's you. asking something, um, if. Uh, your grandma or someone asking if you're more pierogi or something like that, you can say, well, nie, nie you know, you've, you've had enough that you're, you're actually quite full and you don't want those three yeah. more pierogi. Um, so yeah, nie, nie dziękuję means, yeah, no, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think my one would be, gdzie jest toaleta, which is, where is the toilet? I feel like that is going to be helpful. Um, yeah. uh, yes. For some people. Especially when you're traveling around yeah. Poland and you cannot find a place. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And other words like uh, thank you. Yeah, dziękuję. And uh, please would be proszę, mm-hmm. which is actually apparently a really hard word to say for some <laughs> English people. Proszę. Um, I think many words are really, yeah. really hard to pronounce. I think, my, yeah, I think 90% of Polish words are very difficult to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you for coming to our program today and sharing with all of us your point of view on uh, languages and the importance of learning your mother language. Thank you very much. Dziękuję. Dziękuję. So just to concluding our conversation with Emilia and Kuba, we can see that building awareness around the other languages is very important and um, the um, International Mother Language Day actually gives us this opportunity to recognize 
that languages can advance inclusion and um, the um, the education around that should be uh, really sort of you know um, developed because it is very important that everyone will have the opportunity to actually keep their mother language and it should be as they also said that should begin from the early years as an early childhood care childhood care and education because this is the funda foundation of learning but also the family and and um, community they, that they are in um so uh talking about uh, talking a little bit more about international mother language day for this year the theme is using technology for uh multilingual multilingual learning challenges and opportunities raises the potential role of technology to advance multilingual education and support the development of quality teaching and learning for all Technology has the potential to address some of the greatest challenges in education today. In, it can acceler accelerate efforts towards ensuring equitable and inclusive lifelong learning opportunities for all, if it is guided by the core principles of inclusion and equity. Multilingual education based on mother tongue is a key component of inclusion in education. During COVID-19 school uh, closures, many countries around the world employed um, technology-based solutions to maintain continu continuity of learning, but many learners lacked uh, the, necess the necessary equipment like internet access, accessible materials, adapted content and human support that would have allowed them to follow distance learning. Moreover, distance teaching and learning tools, programs and content are not always able to reflect language diversity. Languages with their complex implications for identity, communication, social integration, education and development are of strategic importance for people and planet. Yet, due to globalization processes, they are increasingly under threat or disappearing altogether. When languages fade, so does the world's rich tapestry of cultural diversity. Opportunities, traditions, memory, unique modes of thinking and expression, valuable resources for ensuring a better future are also lost. So, as I already mentioned, every two, week, two weeks a language disappears, taking with it an entire culture and intellectual heritage. At least 43% of the estimated 6,000 languages spoken in the world are endangered. Only a few hundred languages have genuinely been given a place in education system and the public domain, and less than a hundred are used in this in the digital world. So multilingual, uh, multilingual and multicultural societies exist through their languages, which transmit and preserve traditional knowledge and cultures in a sustainable way. So we should promote International Mother Language Day. We should observe it every year to help us to understand 
uh, how important uh, all the languages or the diversity um, are and to promote linguistic, uh, linguistic and uh, cultural diversity. So today there is already growing awareness that languages play a vital role in development, in ensuring cultural diversity and intercultural dialogue but also in strengthening cooperation and attaining quality education for all in building inclusive knowledge, societies and preserving cultural heritage and in mobilizing political will for applying the benefits of science and technology to sustainable development. So basically, to sum up everything about the uh, International Mother Language Day, we should go to our roots, we should learn our mother language, we should preserve our, our in integrity and identity, we should um, develop better awareness, better understanding of importance of our mother languages, of other languages and learn and teach them as well if we have that opportunity and pass them to younger generations. Thank you. 
we are changing the subject and the atmosphere a little bit now. Um, as we promised last month, um, every single month this year, every single program will have a section on Polish her heritage and Polish legacy in New Zealand. We would like to emphasize the fact that 2022 marks 150th anniversary of Polish presence in New Zealand, which we are going to celebrate across the country in various communities in various ways. Um, our bit on our participation to it will be a, a program, a section in our radio program on either places or people or information, heritage information, historical information, anything uh, on Polish legacy or heritage in New Zealand. So this month um, in February, uh, we are going to introduce you to uh, one couple from Ketty Ketty. Uh, and we came across, uh, sorry, Kati Kati, and we came across this um, this story in uh, in staff um, not long ago, a couple of days ago. So I contacted uh, the the couple, and we might talk to them uh, live uh, next program. But here's the story of pioneering Taranaki woman's memory that is kept alive this month by Anne and Leonard Krofsky of Kati Kati. Who was this pioneering Tar Taranaki woman? Anna Franciszka Kaminska will be remembered for her courage, determination, resilience and fortitude. All qualities that uh, she needed for what turned out to be a hard pioneering life in 1800 New Zealand. Now, nearly 120 years after her death in 1904, a group of her grandchildren have got together to keep her memory alive with a new memorial in a Taranaki cemetery. Um, Leonard Krofsky, Leo, uh, was Franciszka's great-grandson, and his wife Anne both grew up in Taranaki but live in Katikati. Uh, Leonard, since his retirement uh, following a career in forestry and as an orchardist, has become a family history detective, uncovering his great-grandparents' lives through official documents, websites, old newspapers and books. So what has he found? Records show that Franciszka uh, Kaminska was 18 when she married Franciszek Kurowski at the Church of Holy Trinity in Pomerania, Prussia, now Poland, in, 19, in 1864. The couple, uh, with their surname, which was anglicized later in New Zealand, left Prussia, or Poland, in 1876 after Prussia was annexed by Germany and brought their four surviving children to New Zealand on Fritz Reuter, hoping for a better life. They were among about 400 people who were settled on the wild coast of southern Westland at Jackson Bay between 1875 and 1878 to build an organized government settlement, which later unfortunately failed. Franciszek, Leo's great-grandfather, 
had taken up 10 acres to, acres to break in, but after the government stopped paying the immigrants' wages, he had to find other work to feed his family and took a job as a boatman. Just two years later, in 1878, two years after they arrived, Franciszek drowned in an accident at sea near Hokiteka, south of Hokiteka. How did it happen? He had been attempting to row a group of gold prospectors 70 k's in an open clinker down the coast from Jackson Bay to Big Bay. The bodies of the other five people in the boat were found and buried in the sand hills, but Franciszek's body was never found, and no memorial was ever made for him. So Leo said, it was so sad, he was so happy about getting out of Poland and starting a new life, and that happened in two years after his arrival. So what did Leo Krovsky, the great-grandson, did? He made a cross for his great-grandfather uh, and placed it in 2018 on the coast of Awarua Bay, near where he died. He made a pilgrimage to do so, to the place where his great-grandfather drowned 140 years to the day, to erect a homemade wooden cross in Franciszek's memory. He flew by helicopter to the spot where the drowning happened and was um, rowed across the river in a little boat by a local man to the perfect spot for the memorial on a high point overlooking Awarua Bay. I just wanted to do something because there was no memorial to him, no grave, no nothing, he said. I thought he came all this way from Poland to start a new life in New Zealand and his name is not there. I felt someone had to do it. What a great idea. What a great thing to do, Leo. Back in 1878, after the tragedy... Franciszek's wife, who was pregnant, took her four children and traveled to New Plymouth, where there were other Polish settlers. When Franciszka got to New Plymouth, the family owed the government 59 pounds for goods from the government store, Leo said. Her plight was reported in the Taranaki Daily News on December 28, 1878, and I quote, it was titled A Case for the Ladies. The report said, A German widow with four children and near her conf confinement is at Island Hill Immigration Barracks destitute. She is off rations. Her husband was drowned and as all her country people left Jackson's Bay, she availed herself of the offer of the government steamer and came away. She has the offer of an immigrant cottage, but has not means to buy a little furniture to put in it, to make herself and her children a little comfortable. Mrs. Weyergang has kindly consented to receive donations for this poor person. Unquote. Seven years later, Franciszka, then in her 40s, married John Gishnell, a widower with three children, who was breaking in a farm at Midhurst and had two more children with him. 
Francisca was 58 when she died. Her first headstone named her Frances Schnell, but in the new memorial, the three names she was known by are all listed along with both her husband's and all of her children. So what will happen in the memory of those people? Family members will gather around Francisca's grave this February 2022 for an unveiling ceremony led by a Catholic priest and afterwards share a celebratory lunch. What a wonderful thing and wonderful story that great-grandchildren decided to First of all, learn the history of the of the uh, of the of the family of the family, and also to celebrate it that way. What a what a wonderful thing mm. to do is to put that cross. What a wonderful family! And uh, and and now celebrated so many years after. What a wonderful family! We hope that we are going to uh, chat in person with Anne and Leonard Krovsky from Katy Katy. Um, and we might uh, share with you that interview uh, in our next program. But um, th- th- this is a, a wonderful, touching story of Polish heritage and Polish legacy and wonderful people who um, who decided to learn uh, the history and also to share it. And uh, we might hear more about this. Of course, and I think it's worth to say that uh, we often talk about uh, successful stories. We talk mm. about how people are uh, building houses, building, uh, making money, making, participating in community life. But there always were also a set stories, and that's obviously is one of them mm. with a wonderful outcome. With a wonderful outcome. So, well done, and Leonard Krovsky and the family. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting you in, in person or perhaps chatting with you. Uh, it it um, adds to the history of Taranaki Poles that we mm. celebrated last year in October in uh, Inglewood uh, with wonderful people um, and descendants of early Polish settlers of, of Fritz Reuter. So there's probably more of this to come later on. So wonderful, wonderful news and all the best for your gathering, for your celebrations later on this month. All the best and thank you, Anne and Leonard. Nowe stroje zadyszamy czas Sto dat, sto spraw Wciąga nas, gna nas Moje dni, wszechobecny pośpiech czasu zna Znaczy, może przez to tak Lubię, lubię wracać tam, gdzie byłem już Pod ten balkon pełen prący róż Na uliczki te znajome tak Do znajomy 
samym środku zdyszanego dnia. Oglądasz się tak jak ja. Tam, gdzie miłość zostawiła information about February. Um, we also celebrate another day um, this particular month mm-hmm. and it's World Radio Day. Wow. Yes, World Radio Day. Right. It was proclaimed in 2011, so not long ago, by the member states of UNESCO and adopted by the United Nations in 12, uh, 2012 as the International Day. So Uh, February 13th is uh, World Radio Day. Why? Why is it? Because radio is a powerful medium for celebrating humanity in all its diversity. And I think on that note, it's very important for us to say, on my behalf and yours, that we are very proud to be part of the radio community, uh, radio community here in Christchurch, in New Zealand, and obviously... Um, in in a, in a broader sense and we are very proud uh, that we we are very proud uh, that we have that opportunity to advocate um a polish heritage and, and polish matters and polish matters mm-hmm. and poland and and new zealand mm-hmm. um in our programs that we can share with uh, you facts which are interesting and relate to us poles and to new zealanders And uh, and we will continue to do so because we are very passionate about it. And uh, and uh, apart from being passionate, we have great fun doing so. But yes, the- I think it's it's um, it's important because radio is such a platform that um, uh, is shared among communities in such an easy way. Um, and and it's also offering a, a wide variety of programs. Um, there is different viewpoints, different uh, content. Uh, it reflects on. Um, the diversity of the community, of the audiences. Uh, it's, it's done in all sorts of languages, of course. Um, and, and, it's, and it's just, um, it's spread so quickly and, and, um, yes. and, it's, and it's also influencing the, the communities and viewpoints as well. Yeah. Mm. And um, to add to what we said, uh, it's important to say that the uh, Polish government uh, 
and and is sponsoring the Polish radio in Poland for people abroad. Mm-hmm. So the Polish national radio is broadcasting abroad uh, programs about Poland, about uh, matters which are important to Poland, but also important to to um, to people outside uh, Poland. Uh, that programs are broadcasted in six languages, including English language. Which, And uh, we will uh, place uh, on our web, uh, Facebook uh, address um, uh, of that registration mm-hmm. of those programs. Um, we'll and be link, re- link to podcast. Link, link, to, link to podcast. And mm-hmm. we will be reminding our listeners that that opportunity exists. And we would like to invite everyone to listen to those programs because they are very interesting. They... They are touching the are very interesting subjects, and uh, yes, it's it uh, for anyone who's interested in listening to to international programs. That's a great opportunity to have a stream straight from Poland, from heart of Europe. Exactly. So, have on that note, happy Radio Day. That's right. And please visit our Facebook to find out more about Polish waves. Polish waves and Polish programs broadcast from Poland for people living abroad. Goodbye. You are listening to Polish Waves on Plains FM, Canterbury Community Success Radio Station. We are here every second Friday of the month at 8pm and then you can find us on Spotify under Polish Waves. Look up our Facebook page, Between the Waters, Polish Legacy in New Zealand. And... Tune in live next month on March 11th at 8 p.m. Do usłyszenia!